Do I, do I look like a guy that's into the hippie shit? No. Hell no. <laughs> no. Welcome to the Complex Couple Podcast, where we strive to find common ground in an uncommon world. We take a look at what's happening all around us, attempt to make sense of it all, and try not to kill each other in the process. We are the Complex Couple, Jennifer Hooper and Keith Silva. Hello and welcome to the Complex Couple <laughs> Podcast. Today's episode is the hippie episode, but before we take a deep dive, I want to tell you about our sponsor, which is a company called Outmarket.pro. And this is a company that I have been aware of and been working with for about six months. And the reason why I started working with them, this is for my coaching practice, is that they had this quote on their about page about them, obviously, and it says, instead of asking, what is your marketing budget and finding a way to spend it, we begin by asking, how little can we spend to accomplish your marketing goals? And that just really spoke to me as a solopreneur and entrepreneur where you always have to be mindful of what your budget is, but yet you want to make an impact. That really spoke to me. And then after talking to the principal, Mark Stein, just really having a nice connection with him. He's very authentic and human-centered and cares about people. And his team right now is offering a special for QuickBooks bookkeeping, just $24.95 an hour. And if that is of interest to anyone, you can reach out to Mark. His email address is mark at outmarket.pro, which I will also put in our show notes. I always wanted to say that. We have show notes now. <laughs> so I okay. will put a link to his website there. Okay. Enough about our sponsor and now about hippies or so you say we need to clarify what we mean by this because i don't think we even agree no we probably don't when do we agree on anything <laughs> all, right. all right so when you use the term hippie because this is your term this is how you describe me tell me what you mean Okay, I don't want to listen. I got to try to make my responses a little shorter, but to sum this up, where I come from, some of the things that I have been exposed to with Jennifer, my culture or my people would go, like, I'll give you a for instance. Let's call someone on the phone who lives probably close to 2,000 miles away to tap into this animal that I own to tell me what this animal's doing. Now, if I shared that with some of my folks, they would look at me and their response would be, what kind of drugs has your wife given you for the past year? Because most Okay, just to be, clarify what, you, what you're talking about is that I made the suggestion that you could talk to an animal psychic about your dog's behaviors. Yes. And so That's that makes me a hippie? getting back to the definition. Well, I, you know, your definition of hippie might be a little bit different than mine, but it, it falls into that yeah. route. Like, so I'm just asking, like, what is, what is your definition? It would be like, like some of that mentality. It's, it's a little bit part of that. I mean, it's, you know, where 
until I met Jennifer, I didn't know about love attraction and numerology and I felt spiritual, but I didn't, uh, what's the jump into it, dive into it like you did. So does that answer your question? I mean, where I come from, you don't call up someone and say, hey, tell me about my dog. My dog's running around in circles, jumping up. What do you feel? Give me some vibes, right? But with my beloved wife, she's, she's a kind soul. She's like, hmm, I wonder what that dog's feeling. And, you know, dealing with the way I grew up, somebody might say, you know, I don't know, something totally opposite of that. Like that dog's just fucked up. So maybe we should get rid of it. But my wife wants to call someone 2,000 miles away and tap into the dog. And I'm into that now. <clears throat> like, no, I'm, okay. you're not. Well, no, I'm not. No, no, no. There was, it was not. Okay. <laughs> it was not the initial response. Let's be very clear. But I didn't say no. I just said, okay, we can discuss it. You make that sound like you're a little Mr. Conservative. Like, oh, yes, we can discuss that, dear. That sounds like a great idea. And it was nothing like that whatsoever. It was more like, you want me to do what? Huh? And how much is it going to cost? And how much time does it for that? Really? I don't know. What are you, crazy? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't say like you're crazy. Right, you didn't yeah, say I was well, crazy. No, I just, you know. But I was, you were skeptical. You still oh, are. I, I'm not saying I'm not skeptical. Yeah. I mean, I am. I'm like, come on, let's be honest. I mean. Okay, I actually looked up the definition of here to see if I am. You know me, I'm a word person. Yes. Okay, so a hippie, especially in the 60s, is a person of unconventional appearance, typically having long hair, associated with a subculture involving a rejection of conventional values and the taking of hallucinogenic drugs. So which part of that definition <laughs> do I okay. fit into? Okay, now let's be completely honest here and transparent. You do have... All right, go through them again, one okay. at a time, please. Unconvention unconventional parents, typically long hair. Okay, so it, in a certain reason, that's true. But, you know, we, we can't say that, yeah, because you homeschooled your children, right? That's not, a, that's a, has nothing to do with my appearance. No, okay. I, that's the first part. That's the first part. Okay, so. So, so far, yeah, yeah. like. Okay, so your appearance is, it, this is 2020. So any word or any culture can modify a certain way. So the way I see this is, are you a typical dressed in bell bottoms with, with your belly open with a little thing? With, no, okay. but you are a free spirit. And if you were born during that period of time, I would see you probably leaning more towards that, rocking out to music on hallucinogenics, than, yeah, I'll go to Vietnam and shoot Vietnamese people. Yeah, and I'd have my little flower halo. Yeah. Yes. So okay. am I wrong on that one? Would you say that there's well, some Well, I can't truth go that? back into the 60s and say what, how I would have dressed, but I don't dress that way today. Now, this you next can't. section is associated with a subculture involving a rejection of conventional values that's tricky <laughs> this is kind of tricky because yeah there are certain values you truly value you were kind of like a good girl you grew up in a, in a good girl attitude that kind of thing and some of that has changed right but i would not i would not say that you are no, you are not traditional 
when it comes to certain other parts. You, you homeschooled your kids, mm-hmm. you exposed them to different things that were not the norm out of the culture that I came from. Um, more free spirit, independent thinkers question things. That's what you do now. I'm not sure how you were as a kid, but you question authority. You question certain things. You have your own mind. You're not just going to, you know, drink the pee for lemonade. That's not going to happen with Jennifer Hooper, which I like. So, And then the last piece is the taking of hallucinogenic drugs. I haven't done that yet. Notice yet. <laughs> Notice yet. Because they're not available. We can't find them. We don't know. So if you have some, you can mail them to our PO box. But the reason we haven't taken those is because we haven't got our hands on them. But we have talked about doing them. You know. We so consider so, some microdosing. Keith needs a microdose. We know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So when we're talking about some of the rejection of conventional... I don't, I don't like really the word values because I feel like the things I value are honesty, transparent, authenticity. But I would say the rejection of some conventional norms. Norms. Right? Mm-hmm. And I have enlightened you. <laughs> no, I have brought to your attention some beliefs or some curiosities that I <clears throat> explore and I'm curious about mm-hmm. that were never, like you said, a part of your life your childhood or even your adult life mm-hmm. so i'm pretty sure you've never heard of the law of attraction before. not until well if i heard of it which i don't really remember I, I i'm sure the phrase probably came about somewhere i would say i was definitely unaware and did not really know or even have an interest right. in in it to be completely honest yeah and so i mean that's a big part of my belief system and it, it's also hard for me to articulate and to explain, which makes it very easy to reject or to be suspicious of, or like if you really wanted to take a deep dive into it, I think you'd have to do your own exploration. And you have to some degree. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where you are in the belief scale. I'm, I always try to stay in the middle. I don't let mm-hmm. one side grab me or the other. I mean, I you know, Jennifer and I, we've had lots of discussions about the afterlife or spirits or energy. And I have my own take on it. I have my own experiences with it. But it's not something that I could say leans one way too far. Or, the, you know, I can, there's a part of me that wants to be able to keep it like in the middle so that it doesn't overwhelm me. Because some shit is just like so weird in my life that I'm like, I don't even want to know if I can figure that out. So now we're talking about like the whole like belief systems at large, not specifically about the law of attraction anymore. No. Yeah. I mean, that's my, my take on, you know, numerology, you know, uh, law of attraction. Um, what's it, What's the other thing? Scripting, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's in the middle somewhere. Although man, I wish that I had a camera or I wish that I could share the visual memory that I have of your face when we went to a numerologist and the numerologist revealed some things about your childhood that she suspected Mm -hmm. that were dead on and you really wanted to stand up, push the table over and walk away. That's my opinion. Tell us about that experience. Okay. Jennifer had introduced me to a friend of hers 
who is a numerologist. And can we say her name on? Yeah, let's give her a sponsor? shout out. Sue yeah. Coffin. Her website is healingnumbers22.com. She is phenomenal. And just for a little bit of context, the science of numerology is based on every number in the universe having a certain vibration. And that those numbers, which letters of the alphabet also translate into numbers, those numbers influence certain conditions in our lives in terms of events and what happens, as well as personality traits, which are based on the day that we were born and the name we were given at birth. So with that information, that's all Sue needs to give a reading. And so that's all she knew about Keith the day that we went to see her. Continue on. So we went there and I sat in her office, very pleasant, easy to talk to. And I think we had some small talk in the beginning. Uh, she had already gone through our numbers because we had already submitted the information that Sue needed to do her reading and, and, and getting sync with this event. And I, I went there pretty skeptical and I wasn't really sure what I was going to expect. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, is this a witch, doc, witch doctor potion stuff? You know, they're going to throw, throw some general things at me. And I'd never met this woman before. And I, I know that Jennifer never told her anything about my personal life. She wouldn't do that even to close friends. So this was out of the question for Jennifer's behavior. So we sat down and next thing I know, Sue is starting to share stuff. And I'm not exactly sure where she was pulling. Well, you know, the numbers were one thing, but she also has other skill sets that she can feel and pull and get in tune with. Yeah, she's very intuitive. And I would say mm -hmm. probably get some psychic hits. Yeah. And she ended up sharing some stuff that I know for a fact. One, I wouldn't have told her unless I trusted her and I didn't even know this woman. And the other part of it, I know for a fact that, you know, there's nothing out there she could have looked up on me to find this information. And it wasn't like, oh, you know, you might have had a rough childhood. It wasn't like that. It was like, you had some real issues, didn't you? And she was, she said within a certain age range too. Yes. You know, and there was other, I mean, there was so much there, it was hard to take in. I mean, you honestly, if you go see a person like this, you need to bring a tape recorder because that's how much information they can give you. And you're going to leave there. You may not believe a hundred percent, but I left that office. I would say I was probably a little bit upset because I almost felt like she invaded my personal shit in my head. And I want to go back to one more story about this. You know, years ago, I was 17 years old. I had a parachute accident at Fort Bragg and I was injured and I had some time off to, to heal. And I decided that during this time, I was going to hitchhike to Rhode Island because I wanted to save some money. Well, a car pulled up. And in this car was Reverend Mooney. I don't know if you guys know who Reverend Mooney is. He's from South Korea and he's a, it's a cult, basically what it is. But he turned out to be a really nice guy. I'd never met these people. And when I got in that car, they knew nothing about me. Absolutely zero. And after talking for an hour, hour and a half, there was a lady who was his interpreter who was sitting right next to me. And he was uh, Reverend was driving the vehicle, but I was sitting in the back seat with this woman. And at the she time, asked, you had no idea who Reverend Mooney was, right? I didn't. Really, I had. I had yeah. no clue who these people were. So she asked me if she could read my palm, 
never had my palm read. I'm, I'm a kid. She told me stuff, not only about myself, but about my family, my future, my past, uh, the kind of person that I was at the core. And I mean, so no, that was, yeah, that was the only experience I ever had. And it blew me away. But I'm 17. I've got other shit to worry about. You know, it's like, wow, that's impressive. You know, I don't know what trick you used. And I've never really had an experience like that again at that level until I met Sue Coffin. And, and I, it was true when she, initially she kind of upset me a little bit when I was sitting saying some of the things that she was saying to me. Yeah. So, and you, you know, and I that, hadn't even known each other that long. It was only a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, um, I've yeah. got this girlfriend. I'm going to go do this thing. Whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's exactly what you want. You know, as long as I can party with her on Friday night, I'll go anywhere. Right. Oh yeah. Tell me, tell me. Numerology. Woo. Oh my God. I don't wear underwear. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. So that, you know, that was one of those, um, experiences with Jennifer that I had and being a non-believer or someone who's not quite sure it, you know, it's kind of like, um, makes you kind of dizzy because it's like, holy shit, where did this come from? You know, and it does make you question what you believe in or what you don't believe in or what you're, you know, trying to figure out. But Sue Coffin blew me away with that, with that meeting. Yeah. I, I'll have to say that. And where I come from, yeah, people, we don't do that kind of shit. Where I come from, it's like, really? You know, we throw snowballs at cars and hope there's a crash. You know, that's you know, <laughs> numerology. What? You know, no, I'm well, afraid not, boys. What's interesting is that I didn't grow up believing the things that I believe in now. The things that you would call hippie, I've cultivated just over the last 10 years, to be honest. Yeah, you had told me that. Yeah, I, I know that. But they, they hit me at a gut level that I can't not look at them and can't not be curious about them. Sometimes I just get these waves of like waves of confirmation, just like a vibration that runs down my body when I hear something that resonates as true for me. And numerology is one of them. I guess you got to ask yourself, what brought that on, Jennifer? Like, like, where did that come from? You, you, you know, you basically went through life for a long period of time and all of a sudden you, you open yourself up to these mm -hmm. types of beliefs or, or skill sets or, or disciplines. What, where'd that come from? Why did you do it? It all started, quite honestly, with uh, an invitation to watch the movie The Secret, which is about the law of attraction. And I remember watching it and being incredibly doubtful, incredibly skeptical. But yet I thought, if it's true, it's really cool. And so that was enough of a thread for me to start pulling and start teasing out and start exploring other aspects. So I found other teachers of the law of attraction, Abraham Hicks, Mike Dooley, the others who are interviewed in that movie, and basically trying it on. Like, does this fit for me? Does this feel good? Does it work? Which led to actually hiring a law of attraction coach who helped me achieve some incredible accomplishments in my life. And so now I can't unbelieve it. I think a lot, like for me, a lot of my life has been 
basically in what I would call the concrete world, right? I am attracted to, I like parachuting and skydiving and uh, riding motorcycles on a track. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm highly motivated by physical stimuli, adrenaline, those things. Uh, I am stimulated too by the mental side of it, but not as much now as I, or, or not as much back then as I am now, because as I slow down, I realize, you know, I, I'm, I'm not doing a lot of the things that I used to do. So I tend to drift out of what I would call the concrete world, the world of buildings and concrete and speed and this and that. And with Jennifer, I guess, you know, for, you know, maybe she's, she's not the traditional hippie that people think of when you use that term, but she is my hippie. She brings me into that place to where, ooh, I can relax. I can, everything that I've experienced with Jennifer, for, for the most part, has been, it is a different experience. And that goes from the way I eat dinner now, to walking in the woods, to conversations, to intimacy, to just just being open to like the things that don't require sheer force, power, speed, more CC, you know, just, it's a whole different vibe. So, and I want to stay in the middle. That's, you know, because I, I still like the old Keith, like the, the leather Keith wearing this jacket, who's, you know, has a pistol right here. That's me. Right. But I still love my Jennifer and I don't mind dwelling into that as long as I have balance and we don't, but man, it's challenging sometimes, isn't it? It can I mean, be, yeah. We got into a incredibly deep conversation. Do you want to say deep conversation argument, <laughs> argument maybe? Yeah. About well, holistic yeah. medicine or uh, alternative medicine. Vaccines. And I mean, vaccines. Mm -hmm. And man, we were not coming. We did not come to the middle right away. No, no. Yeah, and, and, still, I, and I don't yeah. think we have to agree. And I think you agree that we don't have to agree. But sometimes we just want to share and hear the other perspective. And in terms of medicine, for me personally, I'm also, I am in the middle. Mm -hmm. There are certain times where I'm going to go to my holistic practitioner who does Chinese medicine and homeopathy. And there are times when I need acute care, like a broken bone, or if I had a heart attack, I would definitely go to today's modern medicine. So in that way, I'm definitely in the middle. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel that way too, because I, even though I don't have any real experience with holistic medicine or, or the medicine in the Far East, and, you know, I can be weary, you know, what are we, we get weary about things that we don't understand or we don't know. So it's like, whoa, it's taboo. But I feel like Jennifer, I'm in, I'm in the middle you know, there's this ongoing thing about the vaccines with this new virus. Are they going to come out? So I've been trying to educate myself more and I've got some uh, information from other sources that are kind of helped me through this. But, you know, Jennifer and, I, Jennifer and I, we, for the most part, we tend to really agree on the same thing, but it ends up being a very bumpy road to getting there. Yeah, we're we're go, we're going we're going to end up in the same destination, but it, it's like we got to crash our cars instead of riding together in one car. It's like let's take separate cars and just crash into them all the way there. Oh there we go. Yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, this is this is fun. This is fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And then I have a daughter who is like you think I'm hippie. She's me times a hundred, who I love and adore and treasure. And now she's. A, become a bit of a teacher for me and she's ex 
exposing me to things that I sometimes scratch my head at, but then I listen or I'll explore and I find nine times out of the, out of 10, I'll get on board with it too. And the funniest thing is my kids were not exposed to this. And my oldest daughter, who is complete voodoo, believes, you know, sees a witch doctor and all that. She's opened her own practice to read the tarot cards and all this other stuff, which when my ex-wife told me this a few days ago, I'm like, you know what? My ass aches from this topic. (laughs) Which is hilarious because my daughter is also doing tarot readings and they don't even know each other. No, it's, it's strange. It's crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, we covered law of attraction, numerology, alternative medicine, <clears throat> collective energy is something we didn't really talk about, but it is something that I'm curious about, and that could relate to this pandemic. We, as a whole, the earth in need of a collective rebalance, because I don't know. Can you hear the dog? <laughs> he's in need of a collective rebalance. Yeah, can, you, I'll tell you that. <laughs> can you hear mm-hmm. him? Because he's whining. <laughs> That's my dog Anubis. Like I can yeah. see his tail. <laughs> his tail is like. Right. Yeah. yeah. So was the earth in need of a collective rebalance? It's an interesting question. I'm curious about it. I don't have an answer. See, like for me now, her statement right there, this could be one of those things that we are, I really don't want to go there. But for me, this is just a pandemic. This is just, this is just uh, an illness, you know, a sickness that's released because of animals. It's very hard, like, when Jennifer says something like that, I have to, like, kind of tap in and uh, open myself up to that. Because, you know, my, for me, it's like, is this a punishment for mankind because of the things we're doing? Or what? No, I don't. And my mind says, it's a pandemic. It's like, you get sick. There's shit out there that we're getting exposed to because we're tearing the world apart. But that's just my take on it. I can't say that I think she's totally right or wrong, but I'm in the middle. Because there's definitely people who are saying that. And I do listen to some of their podcasts. And I, again, for me, it always goes back to curiosity. Do I have the answers? I don't. Do they have the answers? I don't know. Well, we were talking yesterday about, you know, the people that are actually um, vandalizing these five gigahertz towers, because I think the towers have something to do with COVID-19 or whatever the hell's going on. So they're damaging these towers, lighting them on fire. And of course, they're damaging networks so people can't get information. It's just, it's asinine to me. But, you know, having the idea is just a collective issue that really doesn't hurt anyone because it's just in your head. It's your mind. It's what you want to believe. But I do believe that when you start doing physical damage or whatever that is, and it becomes a real issue, a real crisis, then, you know, then I don't want to like go there. You know, your beliefs are your beliefs as long as you're not hurting anyone with your beliefs. Yeah. I just like to explore and be open and create my own reality, which I totally believe we all get to do, but I am also not trying to shove it down anybody's throat. You get to believe what you get to believe. My neighbor gets to believe what she wants to believe. My daughter gets to believe what she wants to believe. Will I, and yeah, I'm with you. And if nobody's being hurt, I'm good. But if you start shoving something down my throat and you're hurting people, I'm, I'm not going to get on board. 
you know, I had read a book a long time ago, maybe 10 or 15 years, but it's very strange how our brains perceive reality. And here's a perfect example. Jennifer and I are standing in the street. We look up in the sky and we're looking at the same cloud formation. Her brain sees a boat. My brain, even though we're human beings, we speak the same language, we've grown up in the same country, we went to like a certain amount of school. I look up and I see the Pillsbury Doughboy, you know, having sex yeah. with a giraffe. <laughs> You see what you're saying? You're that, so I mean, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm throwing it out there, but <laughs> that is the difference between one person's reality and the other. And what is wrong? They're because both real. They're both right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I'm all cool with being open to, to all these possibilities as long as it doesn't cost people their lives mm -hmm. because of stupidity or ignorance. So, I mean, and our brain filters things according to our beliefs. I mean, mm -hmm. we get millions of input per second from our primal brains. We can't consciously process all of that. It's just way too much. And so we process it according to our history, according to our experiences, according to what we believe. And that's why we can see different things. Mm -hmm. Our filtering systems are different. Yeah. I mean, it's a part of like PTSD. You know, you can walk mm. in there and, and, you know, that's part of it because you have the subconscious level that is already activated. It is so fast. It's like, you know, it's like the speed of light. And you don't even know you're thinking about it because it's kind of like you heard a noise and you don't even know you're on the ground. Right. Or you're yeah. running. And you don't even know that. It's like, what, what, what am I running for? Because something in your primal kicked in and before, you know, your nervous, central nervous system sent this signal so fast that you're doing something, you know, it's kind of like if you go to punch someone, they flinch and they're not even hit. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's at the basic level. It's animalistic, you know? Any last remarks or comments you would like to add to this episode? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I adore my wife and the things that she shares with me. And they're not always easy, you know, because I'm a pain in the ass. I got a soapbox. Uh, I treasure all our discussions, even the tough ones. And I wouldn't change anything. One more thing before we sign off. I want to say hello to my crew, my daughters, my ex-wife, whoever. I love all you guys. I miss all of you terribly. I haven't seen my people going on eight or nine months and I'm going to see you when this shit's over. And uh, if you need anything, you just call. I think about everyone all the time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the complex couple podcast for even more content, including videos, blog posts, invitations, access to our Patreon account and more visit our website at thecomplexcouple.com. And be sure to subscribe, share, and write a review for this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week.